You're listening to the Cheer Biz Podcast, where we dive into the business of running and owning your gym. Join us as we speak to industry experts, business gurus, and discuss how we can take your passion and turn it into profit. Let's get to it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Cheer Biz Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Cotton, and today we are going to be talking about how lessons from cheer can make you a great business owner, but also a bad one. Now, before we get into the episode, head on over to Cheer Gym Owners on Facebook. Yes, Cheer Gym Owners. We slightly changed the name because the majority of the owners that are coming to our group are Cheer Gym Owners. We do have some people who own cheer and gymnastics, but we are definitely a little bit more cheer focused in that group. Also, make sure if you are a coach or a coach and owner, you've joined the All-Star Cheer Coaches and Owners Group on Facebook as well. And last but not least, I'm going to plug it again. You've got to get Danielle's book, The Cheer Gym Owner's Handbook. It is available on Amazon. She is working on the Audible right now. It's absolutely fantastic. Even if you've owned your gym for a really long time, there are a lot of really great lessons learned in there and you're not going to want to miss it. So check out that book. You can buy your copy on Amazon. It's absolutely fantastic. Now, I was on the phone with my good friend, Sean Guzman, today. We were chatting a little bit about conference because he was just at our conference presenting and he wanted to know if we had any feedback for him from the surveys in terms of, you know, what did people think of the class? What did they like? What did they want to see different? And we we just started kind of discussing what kind of feedback we typically see on those surveys. And I, I told him, I said, hey, look, Sean, I don't know of any negative feedback, which really, as much as no one wants to get negative feedback, most of the time, any sort of actionable feedback has some sort of negative context to it. You could have done this better. I would have liked to see this. I don't understand why things were taught in this manner. And oftentimes, people view that as negative. So sometimes that negative feedback, although you don't want it, is good. And I've talked about this on other episodes where you know people making complaints is actually a good thing. That's how you can keep growing um, when you're hearing complaints and you're, you're finding solutions for people's problems within your company. So it's not always a bad thing to hear negatives. Now, sometimes they're not very constructive and sometimes they're not super helpful. And sometimes the people who have the negative, they're the ones who actually are kind of making the mistake. But He likes to know that feedback because he wants to know what he could have improved. And we were discussing the issue. One of his concerns is, you know, I'm teaching tumbling and, you know, am I giving people enough innovative stuff or are they feeling like they're just seeing the same thing over and over again? And uh, we talked about how at conferences, you know, you either have people who are like raving fans or you definitely have people who kind of are a little bit frustrated. And and we'll say oftentimes that's one of the most common things said is I didn't feel like I learned anything new in this class. And I was mentioning to him how that really comes to fruition on the business side. You know, we hear from people sometimes after a conference that say, you know, the business classes were good, but I didn't feel like I learned anything new. And I mentioned that one, I mean, part of it is just which classes you select to go to, which I know it's hard. You're looking at a title and a description and you're trying to pick the right class to go to. But sometimes you go to a class that you're not going to get as many new things out of. But I was talking about how, you know, I as a as a business coach and as someone who spends a large portion of their day trying to learn about how to be better at business, I can still go to conferences and I can go to almost anyone's class and 
I can always find a nugget here or a nugget there that I can pull from that can inspire me on an idea or it can give me, it can start the process going. But I actually know that part of the reason I'm able to do that is I have the advantage of having a really deep skill set in my business. I've learned a lot through trial and error. I've made a bajillion different mistakes. And so I have this foundation of knowledge that I can now take an idea that someone presents in a class, even if it's a basic class, and I can get my brain thinking about ways to improve upon it or even revisiting things that I'm doing in my own business. And I I mentioned how you know, it's a lot like cheer. Running a business is a lot like cheer and how, you know, if you only coach level one, then going to those level one classes at a conference might be really boring. But if you try and jump into a level six class, it's going to be way over your head and it's not going to be, it may be really, really cool. Maybe a lot of awesome information that you're super excited about, but because you don't have the levels two, three, four, five, and six in place, or in five in place that you don't really have the foundation to build upon the knowledge that you're getting. So while it's new and it's exciting and it's innovative, if you don't have those other things in place, it it doesn't set you up for success. And he was like, oh my gosh, I've never heard anyone make the comparison before of how similar cheer is to running a business and thinking as a business owner. He was like, you should do a, a podcast episode on that. And I was like, you are correct. And so here I am uh, about an hour later sitting down after I've written down my thoughts and, and doing an episode for you guys. So that was the inspiration for this. Running your business and cheer have a lot of similarity. And if you learn the good lessons in cheerleading, you can apply those to being a great business owner. You should have learned the values of teamwork, dedication, hard work, self-discipline. All of those things should have been things that were instilled in you through cheerleading. But there's also some other really important lessons in cheer that pertain to owning a business. Number one is as a cheerleader, you're constantly learning, right? You are always learning something new. You're always getting better. Even if you're on the same level for three years, let's say you're a kid who's on level four for for three years, and that's as far as you go, you're still learning new things every year. You should be, whether it's a new transition or a new position or new choreography, like just like that as an entrepreneur, it doesn't matter how long you've been in the game. There is always something new to learn. In fact, the number of things out there that there are to learn is, is astronomical. You could spend the rest of your life trying to learn everything you can know about owning a business and you wouldn't learn it all. And it's very similar with, with cheer is you could spend your lifetime dedicated to the sport. I've been dedicated to this sport. I started with gymnastics when I was three. I'm now 40 and I'm still learning new things about the sport, new techniques, new approaches, new disciplines. Like you can constantly be learning. And so becoming that lifelong learner is such a valuable uh, resource as a business owner. You also need to build your team, right? You need to, to build your team. You need to build your routine. You need to spend time refining the little elements of your routine to truly have the most success. So cheer, yes, you can accomplish things and you can go out and you can perform a routine, but it's never going to be as good as it can be until you drill down into the details, just like in your business. 
you can run a business. You can run a business and fly by the seat of your pants and not drill into the details and not know your key metrics and not really you know, be running with systems in place. And you can do that for a really long time. It doesn't mean you're going to be nearly as successful as you could be if you were to drill down into those details, if you were to focus on the little things, if you were to take the time to truly master the thing that you are doing. This is also something I talked about at conference, and I think I mentioned it in presentations, but it's such an important factor. We spend, as business owners, so much time thinking about what is innovative, what is the next strategy, how can I change this, what can I strategize for that? When some of the time, we just need to focus on the execution, right? Just like in cheer, if you all you do is add difficulty, add difficulty, add creativity, add difficulty, add creativity, you change the routine all the time, you're not going to ever get to the point if you were to just stop trying to focus on all of the creativity and innovation and focus on the execution, okay? If you just drill down and you execute, 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 execute every day in your business, the results will compound. But it takes that diligent work. It's not always fun. It's not always sexy. But you've got to spend 90% of the time on execution and 10% of the time on strategy, innovation, and creativity. And I would say the same thing for cheer. The same thing for cheer. If you focus on the execution of your routine, instead of constantly trying to change it for innovative, uh, you know, to get that one extra tenth on routine creativity, I think it, it's going to pay off in the long run. So the same thing applies to business. There are just endless parallels I can draw between cheer and running a business. The next thing I think is really important to remember, and it's the cheer lesson that you would tell any parent, any parent who is like, you know, I want to, my kids on level one, but I want them to be on level four next year. Or the kid gets their back handspring and it's ugly and they're like, okay, I'm ready to start working on my tuck. When you skip perfection, when you skip progressions and mastery, you have a weaker foundation. This goes the same with your business. If you learn a skill, right? Let's say you attended a class and you learned how to do email marketing. Uh, you did our active campaign class. You learned it, you implemented an automation, you created a campaign, you learned it, and you said, okay, great, I've got that. Now, what's the next thing? Master that thing. Get better at that thing because you haven't even learned what you don't know. You know just enough to be dangerous and to mess things up. You've got to take time and you've got to actually do the progressions. So instead of trying to jump, like you start a recreational program and you start with recreational tumbling and you're like, okay, wow, this went great. I've done it for a month. Now I want to offer these 19 other things, other disciplines. Instead of jumping the gun, do the progressions, do the work to get better at each level, okay? Don't be that business owner who's being that athlete who comes into a class and is like, I already have my back handspring. And they're like, yeah, but it, it's really not, not good. It's a back handspring, but your legs are apart, your angles are off, you're never going to build power to do serious back handsprings into a tuck or a layout. So because you're not focusing on that progression and building that strong, strong foundation in your tumbling, it's going to hinder you later on down the road. And you can do the exact same thing as a business owner by trying to run too fast before you have 
mastered, systemized, and created the processes in your business to just be really, really good at the basics. Uh, I, and that brings you back to going back to basics isn't a bad thing. In fact, it is necessary. I've talked about it in other episodes. One, there was a, a Navy SEAL who wrote a book and very early on, what makes us great is not because we are the best at all the cool things. I can't remember the exact quote. But basically, what makes us exceptional is we are amazing at the basics. They know all of their basics. Their basics are automatic. So they're able to shoot, move, and communicate at a level that other people can't because they're having to process. Going back to basics is never a bad thing. This is why very, very elite teams in the summer go back to their handstand and their round off and their single back handspring, right? They're doing those things to master them, to dial them in. So going back to those basics within your business isn't a bad thing. Going back and, and learning your metrics and focusing on your numbers and really, really dialing in the details, going back and reviewing your systems, going back and reviewing your marketing, going back and, and reinvigorating your email campaigns. Like going back to those basics. Yes, there's all sorts of sexy things out there. There's AI, there's reels, there's all the social media. There's a million different distractions that you can get into. And they're not all bad, but you've got to revisit your basics and make sure those are solid before you're trying to push those high-level skills. My number three thing is just remember, you can't run a business like a parent would place a team, meaning you just do it based off of feelings and hopes and dreams. So you all know that parent who their kid is not yet at that level, right? They're not a level three kid, but they're like, well, if I just put my level one kid on a level three team, I know that they learn better when they're around people that are better than them. Now, that's not entirely untrue. In fact, there is a lot of data to show that you will rise to the occasion. Most people are going to, they're going to push and being surrounded by amazing people is going to lift you up. You're either going to sink completely or it's going to lift you up to try and get to that level, right? But we all know that that's not a correct way to place a team and that there's, there's kind of a cap. So I can take an athlete who's a level one kid pushing into two and I can put them with some level two kids and they're going to get better. But if I take a level one kid and I put them in my world stumbling group, they're not going to get better because they, they're nowhere close to working on those skills. Okay? If you take you know, an elementary school kid and you put them in a calculus class, they're not going to rise to that level. So but you, can, you can inch up. You can get pulled up inches. You can't get pulled up stories of a building. So you can't run your business that way in the same manner. You can't just go, okay, well, I just got started uh, running this business, or you know, we had 30 kids. Now I'm going to implement these programs that require 100 kids or a thousand kids. You have to take things one step at a time and do those progressions. Don't be that parent who's like, "Yeah, I know you're saying I need to do these basics, but I don't want to do those things because they're not fun. I want to do these things that are really, really fun, and so that's what I'm going to focus on." I.e., I've talked to small gyms that are like. Yeah, I know we don't have a lot of members, but what we really need is a world's team. If we have a world's team, I think more people will come to our gym. You're, you're trying to jump past where you're ready. Now, maybe you have a great, it's different if you have a ton of world's athletes, you're like, we're fielding a world's team because we have this talent. But you need to be very strategic. Is your foundation in place? 
or are you just running your gym like a parent placing a team being like, this is what I want, this is what I hope for, this sounds great to me. You can take so many lessons out of what you learned as a cheerleader, as a cheer coach, as a cheer gym owner. There are so many parallels. So as you leave the episode, what I want you to do is I want you to think of what parallels exist for you, where you may have successfully married the two together, where does your thought process line up? And then where are areas where your thought process doesn't line up? There's a dissonance there between the two, where you would tell an athlete one thing, but you as a business owner are not behaving that way. Or maybe you as a coach are not behaving that way, right? I have to tell myself this as a coach all the time because I'm prone to chasing the score sheet. And I have to constantly tell myself, calm down. You wouldn't let an athlete chase a skill. So I need to not chase the score sheet and constantly be changing my routine to try and fit what a judge last weekend thought about my routine. I need to focus on what I know is right and I need to progress correctly. All right, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this episode. It was a lot of fun to record it. As always, check out the other podcasts. I recommend Jason Sarkin's Let's Talk Cheer Podcast and the Cheer Mom Podcast with Kristen Wheeler. They're both fantastic. And with that, we'll catch you on the next episode. What up, party people? This is Jason Larkins, host of the Let's Talk Cheer podcast, and I've teamed up with Kristen Wheeler of the Cheer Mom podcast and Dan Cotton of the Cheer Biz podcast. That's right. Hey, everybody, Kristen here. We know that you love cheer, so why not dive into more perspectives? Tune into my podcast, the Cheer Mom podcast, for cheer issues spoken from the parents' perspective. Then head over to Dan's podcast, the Cheer Biz podcast, to learn from a gym owner on on how to run a successful cheer business. And of course, don't miss the Let's Talk Cheer podcast featuring Jason Larkins, the one that we all know and love, where they talk about cheer from a coach's perspective. Which means whether you're a coach, a cheer parent, or a gym owner, we've got you covered. Find all three podcasts on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and stay tuned for new episodes each week. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Cheer Biz Podcast. If you would like to be featured on our podcast, click the link in our description to apply. If you're interested in joining NextGen, visit our website at www.nextgenowners.com. And lastly, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast to make sure you don't miss any future episodes. Thanks for listening.